Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined to Pro Wrestling Hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who isn't bad, he was just drawn that way, Derek Halpin. You know, out of all the things I could have expected or not expected you to make reference to start the show, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit nod. That's where we're starting. Well, we started there because last week I started with Cowboy Way, and I think that was just too deep into the the movie uh the movie rabbit hole so I, I went a little higher to the surface and i knew it was one you enjoyed ah well i i certainly appreciate it i mean we made a uh a back to the future reference you know a couple episodes ago and, and so did kushida the... every night of his career yeah including tonight including fucking tonight god damn tonight uh, so I don't know about you. I We were discussing this right before we started. I kind of want to start with, because we record this now on Wednesday night. AEW and NXT just finished, and it's just fresh in our brains. I feel like it's good to just, just get in it. Well, let's be clear. We've been recording on Wednesday nights for a while, but now there's wrestling on, on Wednesday right. nights, <laughs> there's wrestling that ends immediately before we start recording, so... Completely different vibe uh, than holding on to stuff from the weekend and Monday and Tuesday for an extra day and then recording it last minute. However, yes, we have several things to cover from the last week, and we might as well, you know, hit our goddamn music and then come back and start talking about AEW, the thing that's freshest in our minds. Before we do that, can I tell you something fucked up I saw this week? No, you can tell me after the music. Oh, I thought that the music had already played and that at this point we were talking again. We're not. That's no. not the case. We're still no. in the intro. We're still in the intro. Oh. Just because I said the words hit our goddamn music doesn't mean that you immediately hit the button. Well, how do I... Hit our... When will I know? Well, you, you do it. You, you give it a try. But, so when I say hit our goddamn music, it just goes? Yeah. Try it. But I already said it. Shouldn't it have stopped? No. Oh, you mean Try because again. I edit this and there's no magic involved. Yeah. This is just going to happen when I make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Hit our goddamn music. Did it, See? Did it was it, that easy. I think we're still in the intro. Are we? I, it feels like we're still in the intro. This I, is officially the dumbest intro, then. This is the worst one we've ever done. Can you just get us out of this? Yeah, hit our goddamn music, man. start talking about wrestling can i say something kind of fucked up i saw this week did you see hobbs and shaw again no hey shut up everybody (laughs) (laughs) that's not funny man everybody thought i was losing my mind yeah that continued fucked up yeah it was fucked up you had to you had to quickly edit last week's episode so that you could rush off to go see hobbs and shaw one more time 
Yeah, it was kind of a bummer because I wasn't the only one in the theater. A couple people showed up right before it started. A little bummed. But the fucked up thing I saw, not Hobbs and Shaw. Derek, have you ever seen a squirrel eat another animal? I don't think so. I looked out my window yesterday morning and watched a squirrel pick up a bird in his hands and bite his head from his body. Like bite it off or just he, he removed the it. bird's head he chewed it off oh well did he do that instantly or did it take like 30 seconds well i sat there and watched him do it for like 30 seconds but i was sitting there thinking am i seeing something special or do squirrels eat meat i, I googled it it turns out they do but i was genuinely terrified there for a minute where i thought i had something special going on that shouldn't be do you feel like you understand Brock Lesnar better now upon watching the squirrel remove the bird's head? Wait, who is Brock? In the, is the Brock the squirrel? Yeah. Who's the bird? Dominic? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> Man, this week... Uh, sorry, I had to open that claw. But yeah, this week, WWE really put... They invested a lot of time into hoping that I care about real sports. Yeah, they did. As you enjoy that claw. We start with AEW or not? You're right. I was like, let's start with <laughs> AEW. And then I'm like, can I talk about this other thing I got on my chest? <laughs> <laughs> kind of throwing me for a loop over here. I was all ready to dive into AEW Dynamite Week 2. Here I am. Hey, WWE did some weird shit this week. Am I right? So, all right, okay. fucking <laughs> Seinfeld. What's the deal with Walter? <laughs> How does he fit on a fucking airplane? Um, so we we officially have a series now because we've got a couple of AEW Dynamite episodes under our belt. And what do you think of this week's episode? Did you strictly watch just AEW this week, or did you do I did. both? Uh, WWE is in timeout for a few days. I don't blame you, but tonight I actually put them on the same TV, picture in picture. I had the audio on AEW. AEW comes on. We find out Private Party versus Young Bucks is the opening match. And then I look over at two o or look over at NXT and see the. Yeah, you almost said two o five live because it's basically the same thing. Yeah, two o five live <laughs> is opening NXT, <laughs> and I looked at my friend who was over and I just said okay, and then full screened AEW. I <laughs> and I said let the wars begin. You're telling me that Leo Rush becoming the new cruiserweight champion in WWE doesn't garner your attention the way. Bucks versus a private party does keep in mind Bucks versus private party is a tournament match. It is a tournament. You love your, you love you a good tournament. Don't you? I love a good tournament, especially when it's one where that's going to be for the AEW tag titles. Now, first of all, this match was fucking awesome. Start to finish. And they continue to establish the fact that anytime you tune in, Anybody can win the match because private party goes over here. And I really wasn't expecting that. I really thought that at least one of the elite acts that they have is going to get some kind of push towards a title. And right now, uh, it's not going to be the bucks for a little bit. I mean, it could be Cody, but yeah, no, I, that was a, a huge surprise. I mean, or was it? 
I thought like, you know, they were looking so good during that match. I thought like, holy shit, they could actually win this. It seems like they're trying to build new talent in a brand new company. Well, I think that's that's what's so interesting is I think when when acts are new um, and you know that the Bucks are the more established team in that match, there's always that part of you in your gut that's like, well, what they're doing is they're making Private Party look good because they're trying to establish them. They're trying to get them over with the crowd and, and let people see their talents. So in your mind, you're thinking Bucks are totally winning, or at least in my mind, it was like Bucks are totally winning this match. But private party looks pretty fucking awesome too, so everybody wins, right? Well, no fucking private party walks away with the win, and they uh, advance in the tournament. Shit. So on their bracket, I mean, if you beat the young bucks, to me that says you go pretty far. Yeah. So who, we still have we still have what dark order in this in this tournament. We still have SCU. We still have best friends. Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros. And the, fuck, what is uh, Jack Evans and Angelico calling themselves? Like, <laughs> the hybrid two? <laughs> Whatever. That the... dude's fucking too much. I'm still standing by that. Like, for two wrestlers that I like that a lot, Angelico's too fucking much. It's, needs... just, it's... T- dial it back a little bit. You know, I don't want to tell somebody to not express themselves, but there's something about... <laughs> But there's something about Uh, his dancing that needs to shut the fuck up. Speaking of expressing themselves, we got Darby Allen versus Jimmy Havoc. And the winner of this match is set to face Jericho next week for the AEW Championship on Dynamite. Um, I happen to, on Twitter, be smarmy and call it the Hot Topic Cup. (laughs) And uh, people seem to enjoy that. This and, is, uh, yeah, these are like totally just two not your guys going up against each other. I don't hate them. I, I recognize that there there is a demographic that gravitates towards that type of wrestler and personality and wardrobe and aura, whatever you fuck, whatever you want to call it. Not for me, but I'm glad it's a part of, of the uh, buffet of wrestling that I get on Wednesday nights now. I thought they had a damn good match, too. It was a lot of fun. And I thought this was once again, I I kept turning on NXT just to see what the counter programming is, like see what my options are. And for this match, my options were Breeze Dango had just come to the ring. And I already knew, well, I guess I'm Breeze Dango. Yeah, I I knew immediately I'm turning (laughs) this off. (laughs) And. Then, so like, I think a couple jobbers came out and then the Forgotten Sons came out and they were just talking. And you know what? I was like, you know what? Darby Allen and uh, Jimmy Havoc are going to do something substantially more interesting than whatever the Forgotten Sons have. So NXT's 0 for 2 with you to start the night. Yeah, it did not work well, except you did leave out the Jericho bit. There was a match between Rhea Ripley and Tegan Knox. I do want to get to the Jericho bit because I feel like that warrants a whole discussion. Oh, for sure. Um, um, I love it. Jericho sounds so fuck like it's, and he's getting to this interesting point where he's got such a bad attitude and is such like a, he's such a mean motherfucker right now. And the fact that they're on TNT, they can swear. I heard Jericho say shit tonight on, on television. And did and your eyes perk up just a little bit, even though it's they not... They went wide. 
it's not that naughty of a word, but your eyes still just like, ooh. I don't think it's 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 the matter of it because in in, in the real world, in my real life, outside away from wrestling, I hear foul language all the time. And and I think I'm so numb to when you sit down to watch a WWE broadcast, they flatten that stuff out and they tone it down so that when somebody breaks out a like, you know, on WWE network television, they do, you know, comma bitch, and that's when you know the shit hit the fan. <laughs> is when somebody throws that comma bitch at the end of their at the end of their promo. That's when so you're going to, to the rubber match. <laughs> oh shit. Um so so to hear Jericho and and he fucking th- they needed a segment like this where you have Jericho, the most over guy in the company, basically saying, "Here's a bunch of dudes, let me tell you who they are." He explained to you who LAX are, he explained to you who Jake Hagar is, and he explained to you who Sammy Guevara is, and he put them all over strong and they're a stable now known as the Inner Circle. Damn ca- fine name. I really do like that name. That's a pretty sweet name. It's a good collection of guys, too. There's something in there for everybody. Did uh, did Jericho? I see. This was at the same time as Rhea Ripley and uh, and Tegan Knox. Did Jericho say anything about about uh, Hagar's shirt? Oh, the polo. Yeah, you've been really you on this think- polo. Yeah, two weeks in a row. I see. I thought it just made sense for like a show up to TV the first week, and we'll just have you do a run in from the crowd and kind of what you would wear if you were just a dude standing by. No, this is his thing. Week in, week out, Jake Hager is going to be showing up wearing a different polo. That's his shtick. As you said, it's like somebody told him get ready for church, dude, and then he shows up to dynamite. <laughs> he, um, was he still as over this week listening to the crowd? Yeah, they again, they reacted really strongly to him. Um, and then there was a We the People chant that started up. Oh, my God. I This was so good. And Jericho said, hey, We the People sucks. I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing a little bit, but he said, We the People sucks. It was a terrible idea by bad creative, and it's dead, and it's over, and it's, like, gone. He said like, it's move buried. On. Yeah. Like I mean, just in like between him using foul language and then just openly critiquing WWE creative, it just felt like a hot five-minute segment. And he did a very good job of getting the crowd to stop it. Yeah, like what? everyone that had been chanting it, all of a sudden it was like it was not the cool thing to chant anymore because he was vocalizing at least a tiny bit about how people feel about things over at the other company. Like on a smaller scale, like it was just, it was, I mean, I'm sure that I'm surprised we'll talk about this later. I'm surprised nobody made a comment about if we have a no DQ match here, that there actually will be no disqualifications. (laughs) I'm surprised nobody broke that out this week, but there's still time, I guess. But love that Jericho segment, man. Um, Again, it's difficult to fucking, he's that, he's the heel right now. That's too fucking cool to boo. Yeah, it's Chris fucking Jericho. You're not going to boo him. I really wanted this segment to happen. One of the things I was excited about with AEW tonight was just seeing how they did promo stuff, because last week was all action. Right. And I thought they did it well, where we still got, you know, a lot of matches, and this was an entertaining promo segment. Um, What did you think of the women's tag match with Britt Baker and Rio teaming up against uh, uh, B uh, Priestley? 
And what's the other uh, girl's name? I hadn't seen her before. Shit, I was writing everybody's names down for a while, and then <laughs> this was around the time that I just gave up and started watching because I think Cameron Grimes was fighting on the other <laughs> channel. You're like, that's Trevor Lee. <laughs> I I wasn't paying attention. I once again, yeah, this was. I enjoyed the shit out of this tag match. I thought I really liked the baby faces they have going on. And once again, just the women's division is one that as I see more of these women's matches, I'm, I'm excited to find out who's going to be my favorite. Do you feel like they're doing a good job of building a baby face versus baby face feud between Rio and Britt Baker? Like that ultimately culminates in the title match. Like shit. the tensions there where they're friendly right now. Like it's, there's mutual respect, but it's going to eventually break out between those two. Well, it's funny because on NXT, they're doing Adam Cole versus Ciampa. Or that's what they're building towards. So it's a heel versus heel. So it's funny that the uh, the couple are both in a, you know, a their own type of feud. It's kind of fun that we're covering NXT and Dynamite at the same time. Like, you were talking about one segment, then you're flipping back over and saying, here's what happened on NXT. That's did uh, did did Finn Balor show up at all tonight? Uh, I think they showed him in just a promo of him coming out last week. I don't think he came out this week. If he did, I was not giving it my full attention. I I feel like between the two, I did end up giving AEW a lot more attention other than the main event. I paid more attention to the main event of NXT. Okay. Well, but no, for you, um, what like the women's match, like, do you, are you seeing anyone that you're starting to gravitate towards as a favorite or how did you think it compares to, you know, what WWE has going on in the women's division? I think the WWE women's division right now is really, really strong. <laughs> like, so, so, I mean, it's hard to compare. I think there's a lot of unknown quantities in the, uh, AEW women's division. I think there's a couple, there's, there's several people to be excited about. I'm excited about Rio after not knowing much about her. I'm excited about Britt Baker. I'm excited about Nyla Rose. I'm excited about awesome Kong whenever she gets involved. Um, but yeah, like I had said this last week, I'm honestly surprised that they had Rio become the champion, like the first ever AEW women's champion, as opposed to some of the other names on there that would have been like, I think in the perception of a lot of mainstream wrestling fans, like how easy would it have been to put the title on Britt Baker or awesome Kong in that scenario? Cause people know who they are. Yeah. Especially with, you know, glow being out and everything. Correct. So it was, it was an interesting decision. I'm fine with it. I want to see where they go with it. They established that Rio can go in the ring. Um, yeah, it was a fine tag match. I got to say the thing that I'm still that's so awesome about watching Dynamite is that they have names on their roster that you just forget that they have. And then when they're like their video hits or their music hits, you're like, "Oh shit, I'm getting ready to watch that on a Wednesday night." And they had advertised earlier that they were going to do Sean Spears versus John Moxley. And I knew that that was a thing that was supposed to happen. But then when fucking Moxley's coming out, I'm like, shit, this is real. This was, this was the guy we were supposed to see like a month ago at all out. And is like, was their big arrival that they got. And, uh, fuck here I am. I'm, I'm watching Ty Dellinger versus Dean Ambrose on the other channel. What did, okay. What did you think of that one? Um, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. And I don't mean that like in a bad way. I, I could tell 
Well, there was a lot. First of all, there was a lot of stuff that happened outside the ring. They spent like the majority of the match outside the ring, throwing each other into the guardrail and then doing those tope suicidas, which by the way, when you do those too much, it loses the impact for me when you do it. Like when you just neatly like dive between the ropes and place your hands into the person's chest and they stumble back three feet and hit the guardrail. And that's just happens like 15 times during a match and you conveniently land on your feet every time. Like to me, it's, it's, it's getting up there with the cutter. Well, the tope suicida is getting a little excessive. I completely agree. And the first time I thought that tonight was during the Sean Spears match. Yeah. It was, there was a moment where he dove out and it was just such a light dive and it clearly didn't hurt either of them. And it was so regular. Right. Especially when considering in the first match, one of the guys from private party is just running across and doing a flip, hopping back in, doing a flip over the other side, running back in, doing it again, doing it again. You know, I know you can't do that every match, but once that opens the show, a tope is very, very difficult to just do like, you know, and just make it be exciting. Right. Especially if you're not going to be as, as fast or as pretty about it as the guys on the opening match are. So, I mean, again, Moxley's coming back from an elbow injury. I don't know how much they're trying to ease him back in. And again, this was a television match. It was two guys that really don't have a program going right now. They just got John Moxley on TV for us. Um, well, I'm not going to lie, Derek. What? This was the first time between the two broadcasts that I switched the audio over to NXT and paid more attention to it during that time. What was airing during this match? Uh, during that one, it was Dakota Kai versus Bianca Belair. Okay. And I love Bianca Belair. Like she is legitimately one of my favorite wrestlers right now. And I, I, that made me really excited to see that there is something that it's like, okay, I'm willing to flip over to this one because this is a buffet right now. And I'm going to take what I want from the two. Well, you're not taking anything away from Sean Spears and Dean Ambrose, are you? No, I mean, I just, I guess I was less excited about them than I was for that match. It was Two WWE guys that are still kind of in a proving ground period for me. I know Ambrose has done a much, Moxley, I'm sorry, has done a much better (laughs) job of, uh, you know, like after New Japan and all that shit. But goddamn, the end of that match, though, when Kenny came out. Yeah. First of all, did you catch Moxley's promo going into TV today? I think I did miss the promo, actually. He cut a promo where they followed him in the camera, followed him into the arena all the way out to where the ring is. And then he turned around and cut a promo basically saying that, you know, I've been at home for six weeks, not doing anything. And they say that if you can't show up and deliver that, you're supposed to keep your mouth shut and you don't get to say anything. So he did that to himself. And now that he's back, it's going to be different. Like it, it, it was a really intense Moxley promo. I watched it. Uh, during the first half hour of the show on my phone, I had just seen it, but, uh, yeah, as far as that match ending with Moxley getting the win and then Kenny coming out, first of all, (laughs) Pac on commentary. I was getting ready to ask. I (laughs) saw that Pac was on commentary. Were they setting up for him to join a feud with one of the other guys or what was he doing on commentary? I think they're establishing, at least it felt like to me, they're trying to replicate some of Pac's grievances with WWE in AEW where he during the match with uh, Moxley and Spears 
he was basically saying, now what's my record again? You know, like I've been undefeated. I've had one loss in two years and why are Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc getting title opportunities? And I'm up here doing commentary and fair after, (laughs) (laughs) um, especially after beating Kenny and then, uh, Hangman. Fuck who did, yeah, Hangman last week. So fair question to ask. So uh Bastard Pox being a bastard up there on uh, commentary. And then Kenny comes out and he comes out with a barbed wire bat and a barbed wire was it a broom or a mop? It was it, a broom, right? It looked like it was yeah, either his broom or the mop from last week. Yeah. Wrapped in barbed wire. And oh. he has two weapons and he chucks the barbed wire bat at Moxley. And he keeps the broom. And you're thinking, oh shit, it's about to go down. And then fucking Pac uh, takes a chair and drives it into the back of Kenny's head from behind. And Mox, and then he kind of just walks off and Mox kind of has the opportunity to do something to him. He's a little upset that Pac takes the cheap shot. And he opts not to attack Kenny while he's down. He's an honorable man. very noble of him. He was excited about that fight. (laughs) He's like, well, I'm not going to do it now if there's no glory in it. He's like, you took, you ruined this, you bastard. So I'm still excited for this, this Kenny, uh, Kenny Moxley feud, dude. I think they're doing a really good job. You know, what's fucked up that what's happening right now as we speak is a match that I absolutely am salivating at the idea of that I need to see now. This was a match you and I have been hypothetically throwing out there for a while, right? And we're going to get it on essentially their version of Thunder. (laughs) (laughs) Not not on their Thunder, basically on their fucking Sunday Night Heat. Did you, okay, did you, we're talking about AEW Dark, which I was, honestly, when I clicked on it, I thought it was AEW After Dark, and it was going to be like Sexy USA. Remember when we were kids, USA up all night where everything was just a little more booby-like? Yeah, but that never crossed my mind when I saw it. I thought it was going to be a sexier AEW. It's just AEW dark (laughs) matches. Honestly, I love it. It's presented really well. It is just the dark matches, but it's still... Is it the same commentary team? Same commentary team, but they're just presenting it as if it's a different show. And this is available like on YouTube, right? Yeah, it's going to be free every week on YouTube. And what did they say? Tuesdays, I think, is when they're going to release this. So you get another free show while you're waiting for Dynamite. Yeah, and I watched the one from last week, and it was awesome. It really was. Is I, it gonna is it gonna kill you waiting until Tuesday to see Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega? You know we're gonna see clips online from cell phone videos. God, but what tonight really showed me it. You know it is possible that Joey Janela beats Kenny Omega tonight and lets Kenny go deeper into his craziness. It's possible, but do you think they'll do that like for a dark match? Does it even matter? Like if you're going to have Kenny lose, don't you have him lose on YouTube rather than on TV? Don't if it doesn't matter, don't you have Kenny win so that people in the crowd are happy? But I want Joey to win. <laughs> I thought we best- I thought we established that Kenny doesn't win just to make people happy in this company. Well, I'm sure Queen of the Ring, she wants Kenny to win. Oh, you got nothing to say to that. We all like Kenny. I don't know what you want from me. I just, I think, I think. You like Joey more. I I watched a Joey Janela shoot interview last night. (laughs) It was on high spots. 
He said that the reason he had never done a shoot interview before is no one had ever asked. <laughs> no mystery as to why he hadn't. <laughs> Although he was given that Joey Janela spring breakfast opportunity to shoot as much as he wanted, and he opted to prank call Enzo. Yeah, there. <laughs> that essentially was a Joey Janela shoot interview, but it was more of just a man with stream of conscious just airing his grievances with the world. Why am I sitting us. here forgetting? I feel like there's an AEW match that we're not talking about. Did we list everything? Uh, what would we have missed? Was there another interview segment? Did I? <laughs> we just watched it. Now I'm already blinking. What happened after uh, Sean Spears Moxley? Well, that was the main event with uh, Jericho and Sammy versus Hangman and uh, did it go right into that? Yeah, maybe it did. It went straight into that because it was that basically started. And then a few minutes later, Kushida Walter started on NXT. So again, this was a tag match heavy night. See that WWE? You can do tag matches all night and it can still be a good show. But they did. Um, Remember what we were talking about last week, how you said something about we're going to have to forget about being the elite. And how Correct. it's not, it does tie into this. Cause on last week's being the elite, didn't that pick up with hangman and Dustin talking about like, why did, why didn't you run out and save them? I'm not even in the elite and I did it. And then they had to team up this week. So it seems like BTE is still tying into what's happening. I think you misunderstood what I'm saying. I'm saying BTE doesn't actually matter. You're assuming the only people tuning in to watch this broadcast on TNT are the people who've been following along on with BTE this whole two, three years. And I'm telling you that BTE has not gained people. I mean, I guess maybe it has, but it's they're not using that to promote. Do you, do you get what I'm saying here? Like... I the know main, you're they're saying, they're you're trying to attract a mainstream audience that has not been following them for three years. This isn't just for you and me. Like they're trying to draw. If I mean, they, if they're hoping to be successful, they need to draw in another whatever couple million more fans to watch. So you're telling me that at a certain point, AEW is just going to start bringing in sports stars. <laughs> we, I mean, if they if they really wanted to go full throwback to this TNT shit, they should bring in Dennis Rodman. Hell yeah, get Carl Malone. You know what? Fuck Carl Malone. Get John Stockton in there. <laughs> That guy had so Again, many rebounds. I, I'm still following along with being the elite for the record. I'm not saying they're not going to do stuff on there that doesn't. That, that, I mean, they're absolutely going to do stuff on there that ties into the show. I'm saying that they can't rely on BTE to advance primary storyline points on there that are just, they're just not going to address on TV. Like, I think it already kind of made sense for uh hangman to get back in the fight as a member of the elite, because it was weird that he didn't, join up with them last week. So we will see how they do that going forward. But I, I think being the elite's going to be a, uh, it's, it's the side project now. Well, Kevin think Smith about that. was on it this week and that's fucking weird. I, I texted you about it. I it, texted you. Was it weird to see Kevin Smith on being the elite? And it was barely even Kevin Smith. It was like they were doing a Jay and silent Bob bit. On being the elite, that honestly blows my mind. That's really hard for me to process. And I think does that mean the AEW is part of the uh, view universe? I think that means it is. 
And they've really <laughs> fucked up by not having Jay and Joey Janela hang out since they're both New Jersey guys, like New Jersey yeah. scumbags. If he was even around, that would have been fun to see. Can we can we comment on the fact that apparently they were uninvited from SmackDown this week? Wait, who? Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith were supposed to be at SmackDown this week. Are and you... WWE <laughs> contacted them and uninvited them because they appeared on AEW Dynamite. <laughs> where did where did you see that? It was a news article. It was up. Uh, I guess uh, Kevin Smith did an interview on like a late show. And said that, that he was at AEW Dynamite and he was supposed to appear on SmackDown a couple days later. I guess last week is what it meant. Um, he was supposed to appear at SmackDown. Like, I don't know, ringside, I'm assuming. But I guess um, he was supposed to appear, but because he did AEW, the WWE contacted him and said that his appearance will no longer be required. Oh, so what they did was go in and cut the only special guest I would recognize? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, the, let the wars begin. I guess. I don't. Kevin know. Smith is the first casualty. <laughs> he did. Come on, guys. Jay and Silent Bob reboot is going to be in theaters this Tuesday, Tuesday and Thursday are the only days you can see it. And he didn't get to promote that on SmackDown. So now, how's Brock Lesnar going to know about it? I'm sure Brock follows along. He knows it's coming out. He does not know. He's a big fan. I. He probably loves the shit out of Jersey Girl. All God, all week, all I could think about was just Brock Lesnar fucking with Bobby Fish. <laughs> From last week's discussion? Like, I picture him even doing shit, like, pulling up, like, Hey, Bobby, you do need a ride? And then, like, kind of, like, Bobby goes to open the door, but he pulls up just a little bit and won't let him <laughs> open it and then drives off. Brock Lesnar's... I'm just a, messing with you. He's like, no, you can't have a ride, Bobby Fish. He's I'm not Irish. going to the next town. I'm going home. <laughs> I don't know why. I, now I need Lesnar versus Fish. So, what did did you watch the AEW main event then? Uh yeah, I had honestly for that I had both of them on at the same time. But I had I the think I had switched the audio to Walter Kushida. I was uh, pleasantly surprised with the main event. I thought it was really good. Um, again, it's cool seeing like, again. It's really amazing to see Jericho standing beside some of these guys that a lot of people don't know who they are. Like he's helping to put other guys over just by tagging with them or standing in the ring with them. And That's so a, to yeah. see Sammy Guevara on a tag team with Chris Jericho. I couldn't stop thinking wild. about how weird that is and how a year ago did Sammy ever picture that he was going to be on national television with Chris Jericho on his team. Right. <laughs> Fucking right. But then, so, um, but then you have this going, which also I do want to say, I thought Dustin did an awesome job in this match. Yeah. Yeah. He may have been the highlight of the match too. I mean, there was a cross body he did off the top rope that he got so much air. And when he At came, his age, he should physically not be possible for him to do that. <laughs> and when he came crashing down on top of Sammy, all I thought was this seems like the first full size man that Sammy has had to take in a while. <laughs> Welcome to not being on the indies. <laughs> um, and of course, we we got like a like a, a almost a repeat for a moment of the end of last week's show, where you had Hager get involved and Hangman. There seems like they're setting up for Hangman versus Hager, and uh, 
We're setting up for Young Bucks, and uh, I'm going to keep calling them LAX until they give me a name, because just Santana and Ortiz ain't doing it for me. It, leaving LAX is going to be hard. That was a really good name. Yeah. But then, Anyways. the biggest thing to happen during that end of the oh, show yeah. scramble, Darby Allen flying down the ramp on a fucking skateboard. On a fucking a, skateboard. Doing a flying knee to Jericho. You know what's funny? That that went so well. And and my roommate Chris was watching the show with me. He popped for that spot because <laughs> nobody had seen it. He saw a wrestler go down the ramp on a skateboard and successfully attack a world champion um, and then use it as a weapon. Second biggest moment of that, the slow burn on this MJF business. Oh. Where, where they oh. have Cody and... MJF has the chair and you're just positive. This is it that MJF's the other member of the inner circle. And it makes so much sense. And you're sitting there. Oh my God, we've been building towards this moment. And then boom, no MJF is technically a baby face. <laughs> and that needs to be appreciated for a minute <laughs> that he got a pop for saving the day. Kind of. He did. He got a pop for taking a steel chair and taking out LAX Jericho. And uh, ultimately, didn't hang around too much longer. He got cleared out of there. But MJF proved his worth. He's he's actually friends with Cody, Garrett. How much longer are we going to milk this? It has to be forever, right? They could vince us, and they, they, they just, it could never happen. <laughs> we keep waiting for it. It's like seven years from now where we're like, any day now. He's still he's still pretending like he is, but he, he, he probably in the day. Yeah. Did you, it was funny though because after they cleared after they cleared the inner circle out of the ring and everything, it was funny because like the elite were in the ring and like Dust Dustin was in there and MJF was in there and they were kind of hugging and like be, congratulating each other whatever for clearing out the ring, and MJF went in to like hug Cody and Matt tried to I think it was Matt Matt Jackson tried to put like his arm around MJF too and MJF swatted his arm away <laughs> to be like. <laughs> <laughs> to be like, like I helped, but I'm not friends with you. <laughs> Don't touch me. Ugh. Did, did uh, you switch over and watch the end of Walter Kushida? Hell no. I came back here to set up to do this podcast, man. So you're really putting WWE in timeout right now. WWE is in timeout until Friday. That's fucking crazy to me, man. That's so crazy to me because like, when I see, saw that main event going up, like Hangman Page is having a match on TV right now, but WWE is fighting that by being like, Hey Garrett, Walter versus Kushida. You want it? And I was like, yeah, more than anything, man, put that on. Did you get what you wanted out of it? Dude, it was great. It was really, really good. And it had such a good ending. I mean, it was honestly just a really good match. There was a moment towards the end though, where Kushida and Walter were on the top rope and Kushida kind of suplexes Walter off the top rope like does kind of a superplex but turns it into his uh hoverboard submission he it really seemed like kushida was about to tap walter crowd was losing their shit at that oh the whole time the crowd was cheering for walter until then the crowd immediately turned and was just excited to see kushida get the upper hand and it he was really working walter's arms so it was harder to do the chops and then he was doing those submissions he looked really good that was a, you know, that's a matchup I probably hadn't considered before, but I'm happy that WWE gave it to us. Where Walter plays the role of Biff Tannen. Basically. 
Isn't that that's fucking crazy? That did they do an overrun on on USA? They did. They ended up running about ten minutes over. Okay. Well, that's how they're getting their edge in, I guess. Um, Wednesday Night Wars still going strong, I guess. <laughs> I mean, this is I mean, this is going to be the new thing. Yeah, I mean, both shows got me to change the channel at one point. And I'm I sure will... that's going to be a regular thing for me too. Uh, we have other things to talk about because we got to get to we got to get to why WWE's in timeout, why it was a mixed bag of a week for them, hey, because I... it really truly was a bipolar week for WWE. And this week, WWE is in timeout because I don't know if you heard they're doing these shows in Saudi Arabia, and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to doing that shit. Team Flair versus Team Hogan, Crown Jewel. Who gives a shit, man? Seriously though, um, hell in a cell. No, seriously no? though, Friday Night SmackDown. Oh, so now you want to talk about the thing I've been trying to want to talk about since the beginning? Well, you were the one who said you wanted to talk about AEW at the beginning, man. Well, I changed my mind, and then you wouldn't let me go back. You said no backsies. Yeah, yeah no, no, no takesies backsies. Um, I will say I was really ex- I, I, I had I got a buzz on, and I was really vibing Friday night, and I was excited to watch this first episode of SmackDown on Fox. And I got to say, it felt, the show felt big. I don't know. I don't know when you came in. I don't know what the fuck you were doing. I don't know if you were watching uh, Hobbs and Shaw, like another one more time before you got to the show. But the the, the whole half hour pre-show hyped it up to be a big deal. And before we dive into it, there are rumors. And we, we've talked about this on the podcast before. There are rumors that they could eventually do WrestleMania on Fox. What, like the Super Bowl? Just do it yes. on TV forever, for all day? So I, so I know, I, I've been reading that online, and it would, it, there's a lot of reasons that would make sense. It would make so much sense to do WrestleMania on Fox at least one year and try it to see what kind of crowd it draws in, how big the rating is, and see if that draws in some, like, uh, some more casual viewers. Um. It was so you know how like before they do a main uh, sh- like a like a sporting event on Fox they'll be like home of the NFL something something whatever soccer all these different they and they show like the different things that they host on Fox as far as sports then they threw WWE SmackDown on there and I was like holy shit they are putting this up there with the fucking Super Bowl. Like those, those, those little graphic clips were in the same little bit. The intro for the pre-show, um, the show on Friday felt fucking huge, and I do think that the segment with Becky Lynch and The Rock basically tearing down Baron Corbin, I thought that was an awesome way to to start that show. Oh yeah, I I really really liked that. And, you know, we can get tired of The Rock doing his long thing sometimes. This was not that. When it's the beginning of a SmackDown, I can totally handle The Rock coming out and burying somebody. I thought that, that like, just as far as The Rock and Becky playing off of each other to team up on Corbin, who nobody fucking likes. And, uh, no, it was a good uh, start to the show. And, again, it felt big. Um, 
I mean, we don't have to go into every element of it, but I, I mean, I will say that I, I enjoyed the fucking ladder match between Shane and Kevin. It felt like they had a, a couple commercial breaks to uh, work around, but they did. It was just basically a big spot match where both of them got in their big shit. We got to see uh, Shane do his top rope to the table elbow spot. Uh, Kevin did the frog splash to Shane across the ladder on the outside that broke the ladder. Um, I actually didn't see see this match. You didn't watch this match? No, I missed this one. Oh, well, you should go back and check that out if you're into pro wrestling. Because I started the show late, so I went back and uh, I saw the rock one. I didn't realize I had missed this one. Yeah. Yeah, it was like I said, it was basically just a high spot match where they basically just worked in all the, the, the big damaging spots. And obviously, Kevin ended up winning and Shane's fired now. I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see that. So um, he is off TV for a while, at least, maybe? Shane's supposed to be off TV for a while. So we will see. Um, I thought I, I do think that they wasted some of their time. It felt like with, at different moments between the, uh, what are they called, the Lumberjack match. I felt like the lumberjack match and then the what was like an eight man tag match, like some of it felt like it was just to get everybody on the roster onto the show. And it didn't feel like the best use of their time as opposed like it it felt like they opted to get faces on the show as opposed to just making certain elements of the show as entertaining as they could be. Um, I don't know. What's the fucking boxer's name? Tyson Fury. Great name. Great. Name. I don't know who the fuck that is. I text- like, I know he's a boxer, <laughs> but like he's not he's not Mike Tyson. He's not Floyd Mayweather. Like like maybe he's a big deal in the boxing world, but not by enough of a margin to where he's a mainstream name to me. This is the part of the show where they I actually text you and said, "Who is this tall man on my TV?" And you never <laughs> responded, so I never Googled. Uh, so I just never knew. I just yeah. I just went with it like oh there's this big guy he probably sport he d- I am not knocking enjoying sports I like sports you know everybody you? Can f- I like hockey if that counts <laughs> <laughs> but no I this isn't I don't go there for this like I've already got a lot of wrestlers that I really like and respect and I'm excited to see them on TV and I get that they're trying to bring in new eyes. But it seems like they're almost like, well, we already lost Garrett to AEW, so let's just try and get a different crowd altogether. They may very well be doing that. But I also think this works if it's not, if they don't do it twice in one night. And I get that it's a big fucking show. Like, I've been hyping up how big the show was. But then to also fast forward to the main event because we do have to talk about this because this is just as important as anything that happened at hell in a cell. Brock Lesnar beating Kofi Kingston in seven seconds for the WWE championship, which pissed off so many people, including, including some friends of this podcast, Joey, I'm sorry. I mean, did your jaw drop when that happened or were you, I mean, you were kind of expecting him to lose, right? Just not in that fashion. I don't know. And to me, like, I don't know why I was surprised. But I really didn't think that they would let it in that way after after everything that they had kind of put into Kofi mania and how long they'd let him hold the title. 
and on the debut, like you get the idea that like, oh, they want to, they want to highlight. The rumor has been they want to highlight SmackDown as like an athletic show, and they want to display good wrestling, and like a seven second squash match may be like crazy and insane to people who don't normally watch. But I think the regular viewer that we've seen Brock do this kind of thing before, it was just like, fuck, I can't believe they're still doing it. And that's how Kofi's title reign ended. Man, go ahead. My favorite tweet I saw was just just a civilian, just a regular person that tweeted on a gif of that entire match that just said, I don't even watch wrestling, but the goddamn, this seems disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then basically to set up, like, I think the weirdest thing is you get... Rey Mysterio comes out after the match, and he's got Kane Valas... What's his name? Valasquez? Velasquez. Velasquez. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck that is either. I, the thing is, I know I, he's the guy who beat Brock for the UFC title. Because they told you that a lot. Yeah, but the fact that they had to tell me a lot says something. Yeah, I know who he is because I do watch UFC, but once again, this comes back down to why I don't need to watch Josh Barnett's blood sport. I like pro wrestling. Why do, if I wanted to watch real fighters fight each other, I would just go watch UFC, but I've obviously not opted to do that. Why do I need to see guys who fought each other for real? Do I get it? It's a good story. It is a good story. And it will bring in bringing in the guy that beat another guy in UFC. He followed him to WWE to take the belt from him again. That's kind of cool, right? It's a different, we haven't seen that before. It's a cool story, I think, if you leave out the part where Brock didn't have that title until 10 seconds before he came out. Oh, that story doesn't need that title. It doesn't. (laughs) Ever. I've been, I I had told this, you know, our friend Joey, Raw is JoJo on Twitter. Um, I had told him, you know, I've been talking about this on the podcast for months, which is I'm weirded out by pro wrestling's sudden fascination with these former MMA shoot fighter guys. Like it's a like I'm not saying that it never works, but I'm saying that there is a new fascin like a like a newfound fascination with bringing these guys in to add an edge or to add credibility to something that I already like that I don't need. I don't need to know that the guy used to beat up people for real. Like I I don't know who it's working. Like who's getting worked by that? I, I guess, mean the guy. I don't even know how to. I don't know how to answer that. I don't know. Like, when Kane Velasquez came out and tackled Brock and threw those fake punches on him, was there somebody who watched them fight for real that was like, oh, shit, look at him. It's the it's the next part of that story. Is there somebody like like that was convinced? Like, it's not even crossing the line. It's not even blurring the line between, like, fantasy and reality at that point. It's just, like, them, I don't know. It's some weird, like, Frankenstein creation of a sequel, whatever you want to call it. And will Um, the people that enjoy UFC that are like truly big fans of those two want to see them pretend fight each other? I can't speak for them, but I want to say no. Like this is just where I think there's confusion. The, there's a large chunk of pro wrestling fans who do not give a shit about UFC. And there's a lot of people who watch UFC because it's not pro wrestling. Because they can get away with saying, I watch real fighting. So it's really weird. 
and again, I get it. And it is, again, I step back and I'll say it is a big deal. And maybe it does get some people excited. I just think it's so weird to see them how casually, like, they basically started that Rey Mysterio, Dominic, Brock Lesnar thing on Raw. And then a few days later, we're like, okay, we're going to use that as a segue into this Kane Velasquez, Brock Lesnar thing. And that's way more important than Kofi Kofi Kingston's title reign. And like that immediately superseded all of that. And if Kofi were going to lose the title, you know, it, it does make sense that he lost to Brock. It sucks that he lost in that way, but this is a huge storyline that is, has people talking, but the problem is I don't think either of us give a shit. And like, it's just weird that there's wrestling happening, but they're basically like, you know, Garrett, we know you weren't going to like this anyway. We don't give a fuck about you right now. We got to, you got to watch Roman Reigns have his match earlier in the night. We know you're happy. Just let the, let everybody else have their, their time. It's been a long time since we've done this podcast and I have fantasy booked on the show, but it, this whole situation raised some very salient points or questions about what the fuck they've been doing the last six months. Because my question to you is, you remember when they gave Brock the money in the bank briefcase? Yeah, I'll never forget. They gave him that as a thank you, we're sorry gift after he dropped the title to Rollins, right? Yeah. They had him cash that in on Rollins and win the title at a pay-per-view so that he could then drop it back to Rollins Like, what was the fucking point of that? They could have actually saved Kofi and still got the exact same result if Brock Lesnar had cashed in on Friday on Kofi. Yeah. Like, what was the fucking point of Lesnar winning the Universal title for a few weeks from Rollins? (sighs) (laughs) Like, the, the best, supposedly the best writers in the world are sitting there coming up with this shit. Well, I think they we f- all know it's Vince McMahon. I don't blame writers on the, I Everything I hear sounds like that the writers write shit and Vince throws it all out last minute and does whatever. Well, I just know that there were, like, it, if you wanted to have Brock beat Kofi in seven seconds, imagine if Kofi had had, like, you know, a 20, 25 minute long epic match with somebody on the, like a wrestler on the roster. Who knows? Pick, pick somebody on the SmackDown side of things. You, they could have had New Day do a triple threat for the WWE championship and make all of them look fucking awesome and have Kofi stand, you know, come out on top and then Brock comes out and cashes in money in the bank and fucking leaves in like seven seconds with the championship. And then Kane Velasquez comes out, but to just fucking have Kofi in his power of positivity speech, get squashed and you just come sinking back to reality. We're like, oh, it just, just doesn't, doesn't matter what shows Brock Brock is on. He's not going to go along without the title. We don't have to go into that any further. But it was, it was. I think there was a really big deflating feeling at that result. And then people were like, oh shit! Now they're following up that deflating feeling with something that's kind of exciting. But I didn't immediately know who it was, so I was just like, is that fucking Dominic? That that after was he shaved th- his head. That was my thought, too, is that Dominic shaved his head and the big reveal was, I wrestle now and I'm fighting Brock Lesnar. And that was, (laughs) I actually said, oh, shit, to that, where I was like, Dominic's fighting Lesnar. And then when I found Hmm. out who it was, I was like, ah, that's okay. I see what they're doing. Oh, they're going to have Josh Barnett blood sport on 
See, it turns out that's who it's for. Josh Barnett Bloodsport really spoke to Vince McMahon. (laughs) So you end uh, their big... And first of all, SmackDown did huge numbers. I don't know if you saw that, but it did fucking huge numbers. What did you it seem up- not impressed? No, I didn't. <laughs> I know I didn't see the numbers. What did it do? Um, it was an eighty-five percent increase from the previous week. <laughs> they almost doubled their numbers. Jesus! So it was a big fucking show. A lot of eyes were on the product that night. And you end the note. You end that show on that note, and then you go into Hell in a Cell. And let me tell you, I referenced him earlier. Me and my roommate Chris enjoyed the shit. Out of Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch for the women's championship in that Hell in a Cell match. It was so good. It was probably a top three Hell in a Cell match for me. Honest to God, if the main event hadn't happened, it would have been the most memorable thing of the entire night. That's probably true. (laughs) That's probably true. Because I I actually think all of the women's matches at Hell in a Cell were pretty good. Like, I actually thought that Bailey and Charlotte did a good job, too. I mean, um, honestly, overall, I I wasn't having a bad time watching the pay per view. I thought I thought it was cool that Oscar uh, broke out the green mist after having it. not seen that in a long time in WWE. Yeah, I popped real hard for that. Can we main event, man? Like we're an hour into this thing. What? What the fuck? <laughs> Well, you and I may have a difference of opinion on on everything. I mean, I think we're going to have the same opinion on the finish. I liked they did everything, in my opinion, so well. I thought, like, I was one of the people I enjoyed. There was some mixed feelings about the lighting. I enjoyed the lighting. I thought that it made sense for a nightmare scenario against a character like that to do something a little bit different. I liked the lighting. It worked better than it did when he was fighting Randy at Mania 33. Correct. Like, they did something more interesting, and it didn't come off as silly. It, well, they it, made the cage feel like hell, didn't they? they like, wasn't that the idea? I, got a, I essentially watched a horror movie version of pro wrestling. I felt like they, I was watching Seth Rollins fight Michael Myers. Correct. And, and that was what, basically what they wanted to do, right? They, they established that he enjoys taking punishment that you can't keep him down with your, with your regular arsenal. Um, they made him look like a fucking monster. And I, and I, I even love the point where the cameraman got in his way and he shoved him and said, get the hell out of my way. And he looked and he stared into the camera. It was genuinely terrifying. (laughs) Um, I don't, I, I don't get it, Garrett. And I know that that's basically everybody's reaction I don't know what they were trying to achieve. I don't know if you're, <laughs> there was so much, there's been so much, and I guess there's probably still is to some extent, so much enthusiasm around the fiend character. Just in, like, how often does something debut on WWE television and everyone kind of unanimously goes, that's fucking awesome. That's the shit. I'm into that. And that's kind of been the reaction for the fiend. That has been the reaction. I know for me, you keep asking, like, you don't seem super hot on The Fiend. Why? Because this shit happens. I mean, it's still WWE. Like, it's hard. You have to, you can be cautious. Is that why? I think with anything WWE at this point, like, if it's main roster, the odds of me enjoying it seem low based off of their track record. (laughs) 
Why do you watch when they go into like a tailspin spiral of bullshit? Why do I watch then? Yeah, why is that like when like you won't watch and then when they have a week where they're like, all right, we're putting title on gender and we're doing the Saudi Arabia show and we've got nothing going on, then you'll be like, I watched her all this week. There's something really funny about them fucking up. <laughs> I don't want them to fuck up, but like. Have yeah, you, seen, you do. Have, I mean, I enjoy the shit out of the movie Winter's Tale because it's a pile of dog shit that they spent a hundred million dollars on. <laughs> And I think sometimes I get like, you know, the room or a winter's tale out of WWE. Where it's just I'll, like I'll ask I'll ask the question. If you're going to establish that like fifteen curb stomps don't take down the fiend and a head first of all, that got lost in the muck. WWE did a headshot with the chair. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They did a chair on they did a, a, a a ladder into the chair, into the face spot. They did a toolbox. They did all these things to establish that the fiend kicks out at one because your shit doesn't matter. And it, in the process with that finish where they have the rep for, first of all, the mallet was okay. The giant fucking mallet was perfectly fine. Why all of a sudden the sledgehammer to the chair that's going too far and suddenly disqualifications are a thing what but <laughs> so aren't, match. We, aren't we saying now that it wasn't a disqualification that it was a no That's even contest? worse. We're That's just, even worse. They just stopped it. That's even fucking worse. That's how Bret Hart beat Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13. The the referee decided this guy can't take it anymore. He loses. You win. Well, I mean, if you're That's... ever going to call a match, the second a dude gets smashed in the head with a sledgehammer, it's probably safe to say he's done. But but the thing is, that's happened before. Triple H has been hitting people in the face with sledgehammers in Hell in a Cell matches for years. Yeah, but really, he's more hitting them like a battering ram, not just like going down like a baseball bat. Quit trying to justify it, Garrett. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It Honestly. didn't do it didn't do anything for either of the guys. And the, it was so crazy watching that match and any time towards the latter part of it when Seth would start to get offense in and they were letting Seth establish that he could hang with the fiend, the crowd wasn't into it. They were booing. Oh, the second that it started being just an even match there and they were like exchanging and Seth like the second he took over, I was just like, Oh, you fucked up, my friend. And then just the crowd was so angry. And did you see like some of the cell phone videos of people yelling at Seth after it was over? And I did. He seems like a hard guy to have as champion because it seems like he takes everything really personally. And uh, Cena and Roman Reigns seemed like they did a good job of just getting yelled at and being able to ignore it. Right. And it's funny, though, because even Becky seemed to... Like when they were, when they remember a few months ago when they were doing like the, oh, Rollins and Becky are a thing on TV thing. And then they ended it, thankfully. And it, when they went back and asked and Becky was like, nobody wants to hear them mention that on television 15 fucking times. It was like, she understood why that like people were hating on it. Like, I, like, again, I don't want to attack Seth cause I don't know him personally, but not, if you're going to, if you're going to go, he did it to himself though. To a certain extent, when he went online and he wrote 
best pro wrestling on the planet by far or whatever. The best pro wrestling period or whatever. And then that, and then that it's like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck that. And and then there, you know, you've heard conflicting reports. I've heard that that was the finish Vince specifically booked. And he was laughing at the crowd reaction to it. You got the crowd chanting AEW. You've got the crowd chanting refunds. Bullshit. It's like, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. And that is why WWE was in timeout for me this week. I didn't, I didn't have any interest in watching raw. Didn't watch a single second. I don't even know if I, I saw anything on social media, but the draft starts up this week. Well, what's funny <laughs> it starts on Friday is no matter how SmackDown ended and how much I care, they did end it big enough that I'm definitely tuning in again. Well, that's kind of where I'm at. Plus, I do care about the draft. I do because if I mean if Fox is if the Fox thing is going to continue to be a big deal, I want to see who they put over there. And I don't even know how it's going to work because they don't have GMs or commissioners anymore. They did away with that. Who's drafting for the shows? It's just the president of Fox and Bart Simpson. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, Hell in a Cell. I think that's one we're going to be talking about for a while. Like I do, like somebody mentioned this after the pay per view went off the air. They were like, "The way that the finger poke of doom gets referenced a lot." We're going to be talking about that end of that match, where suddenly the rules didn't matter anymore. There were disqualifications in a hell in a cell. They went out of their way to establish that moves can't keep the fiend down and that he's not human. But then the referee showed empathy for him. Like it, it was. What do you have any final thoughts on that? It's just funny that Bray Wyatt's never going to escape being Bray Wyatt. Do you think that's because, and you, you hear this all the time, do you think that's because these ideas aren't Vince's? I've just heard for years that Vince is always sab- sabotaged creative ideas that start working that aren't his. Like finds a way that he thinks will make it a little bit better and it just fucks everything up. No, I mean, directly knows how to make something that people are into, like, shitty. Well, and if obviously it wasn't his he's... idea to start with. <laughs> he's very good at that, then, because we witness that weekly. But I, I, I mean, this, this fiend stuff. This is from this is from Bray Wyatt. This is his baby. He's gotten himself over so many times. But I don't think Vince knows what to do with it because he doesn't get it. Well, if this is true in that Fox wants the fiend over there and the fiend moves to Fox, but how does he incor- how does he work into a world where it's all just fucking sports people? I don't but do we know that that's what it's going to be? No. I don't know anything, Derek. <laughs> I'm just here watching pro wrestling, and I do have one question for you to end this on. Okay. I was thinking about this this week. All right. There is a lot of pro wrestling right now. Yeah, there is a lot. If right now you could only pick one promotion to watch for the rest of your life, which promotion are you going to take? Right now? Right now, in this moment. I'm picking AEW. You're really going gonna to put your chips in and just hope that they do a good job? Yes. I think that's fair. Because, be, and here's why. Not just because of what I've seen, you know, from uh, the shows that they've done so far. Not just because there's guys over there that I like. 
I, I can also count on the fact that if the other promotions continue doing the shit that they way they do them, that when those guys' contracts come up, I'll get some new faces on AEW within the next year or two. I like I'm at this point now where I would love to see somebody take the bet against me. I bet you Sami Zayn is in AEW in the next couple of years. I think that's a decent bet. Who is there anyone else on the roster that you're just like, oh, they're gone the second they can get over there? Um, if you hand me the roster, I could probably name a few. Yeah. I mean, other than like the revival, maybe the revival. Um, I mean, I guess I pretty much guarantee you at some point, Tessa Blanchard's going to make the leap over to AEW, even though apparently her dad has a contract over it. Yeah. Oh, I think, sorry. In my head, I thought you just said WWE, but yes, AEW that, that only makes sense. Her dad's there. So if, from my perspective, if I just wait, I think AEW is a safe place to be. The only thing I worry about with AEW is just the, I don't know if Tony Khan and everyone involved I want to. I want to know for a fact that they know how much they're committed into this financially, like like the, the logistics of running a pro, like a big time pro wrestling company, three hundred sixty five days a year, the travel for the crew, all that different shit. You just want to make so. sure that Tony Khan is, you know, adequately supplying catering to Darby Allen. Yeah, it's I important. do. Too. It is important. I mean, the guy he's he has a small frame, but he's got to you know eat eat well to keep healthy you know what else is important garrett what's that getting this podcast out on time and that involves you editing it and that yeah. involves you spending the next couple hours doing that yeah and it's ten thirty p.m right now so take us out of here with the the usual shtick dude hey uh do you it. know what you know what we forgot to do this week derek what did we did what did we not do read that fucking fan fiction again Yep, we're pushing it back another week. We can't. <laughs> we have to. We have... I actually blame you for this because you could have said at the start of the show, "This is we said we were doing it. I am very, very forgetful, and I think you know that about me. And I think yeah. that next week you need to remember to do this. I will, I will make sure that next week we do it. We had a lot to discuss this week. I think there will be some time for this. We will do it at the beginning of the show. Next week. We had somebody willing to write us fan fiction that we have not read all the way through yet because I fucked Garrett, up that last time. Maybe we have sex in this. I don't know. Garrett, yes. we're giving it proper build. Okay. That's all we're doing. We're giving it weeks. We're giving it weeks and weeks of build. Hop on iTunes. If you haven't already, give us five stars. Leave us a nice review. We will try to be better at this than we have in the past, but if you leave us the, the review, we will... Uh, Talk about whatever you want to on the podcast, as long as it ties back into pro wrestling. We are at Wrestle Hangout on Facebook and Twitter, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram, Predetermined Podcast at gmail.com is our email. I'm at Halloween Halpin. He is at Gartet. Both of us are on Twitter. Reach out to us. Thank you for listening. Garrett, anything else? GCW is coming back to Nashville. We're going to have two shows. We're going to have Long Live GCW. And then also, Wombat number two is going to be in Tullahoma again. So I'll be making the trek back to Tullahoma and see what they have to offer up there. Less scary this time. Yeah, it'll, yeah, definitely just going to go and enjoy some pro wrestling. I believe both of those are at the beginning of December. So, hey, if you're in the Nashville area, get some fucking GCW tickets.
This has been fun. Let's do it again next week. Sounds good. Hit our goddamn music. <laughs>